Hey, I'm Heather. And I'm Brooke. We're two mompreneurs and friends for almost 10 years who've watched each other go from single AF to married with child. Soon to be children. Tune in every Wednesday to hear us and our lovely guests dish about motherhood, entrepreneurship, relationships, and tips on how we try to balance it all. We're ready to let it all hang out. Yes, all of it. The pretty, the messy, the too tight for our skinny jeans. If only for a good therapeutic laugh or cry. Hashtag real talk. Welcome to a space for soul. We're excited to share ours with you. Hi, everybody. It's Wednesday and we are back. Brooke and Heather. The blonde. <laughs> I'm like, you, the Heather. Um, so we are actually on conference call this week and with our guest, Ashley Azari, who, sorry, Ashley, I call her Ashley Garrett in the episode, um, but her name, married name is Ashley Azari, um, but she lives in San Francisco, so this week we are using conference calls, so the quality isn't the best, and we know that, but hey, we're real and we're raw, so we're sticking with it. We're, um, we're yeah. you know, bi-coastal <laughs> right now. We're up and down California. We're going to swoop over to North Carolina in a couple of weeks. So we're like moving and shaking on this conference line. So hopefully we're going national people. We're going national. And to do that, we can, I mean, I would love to fly to Charleston. I mean, that'd be fantastic. Um, but yeah, until we yeah. have people sponsoring us on airlines, hey, Alaska, if you're out there, we're open. Uh, <laughs> we will be doing conference calls to start. That we will. And um, so to tee up a little bit about what you guys are going to hear today on this week's episode, um, if you follow us on Instagram, you've seen some of the stuff we've been posting over the last couple of days. Um, but this week is Infertility Awareness Week. And with that, um, we had Ashley reach out to us probably in January when we first launched. And she, um, A, was so excited for us and loved the community that we were building. But B, she offered to come on an episode and talk about her experience and journey with infertility, what she's been going through, um, and we thought, you know, what better time to bring her on than during Infertility Awareness Week. Um, this is a topic that Heather and I haven't experienced personally um, through ourselves, so really getting to know other people's stories is important to us, and um, you'll see that kind of come through in this week's episode. Yeah, and we just, you know, really excited because um, this is an important topic. A lot of people are going through this. We have a lot of friends that, you know, unfortunately have had some challenges um, trying to conceive, and it's not an easy topic to share about. But we love, um, we have multiple women this week that wanted to come forward and share their story, um, whether it's via the blog or the podcast, and really just love the reason they're doing it too. And it's really to be a support system and share with other women and let them know, you know, you're not alone and it's okay to talk about it. Um, I think that that's a big reason of why we started this community. We wanted to be a place where we could share about everything, the fun, the humorous, you know, crazy side of being a woman and parenting and being an entrepreneur. But we also wanted to talk about the real stuff and get raw um, and just be, you know, a really huge communal support for everyone that is tuning in to our podcast and, you know, reading our blog and catching up with us on social. So really, really, really um, 
appreciative that Ashley is sharing her story and um, can't wait to get into it with you. We learned a lot actually um, just about, you know, every, every case is so different and every scenario and we learned a lot about um, what Ashley's going through. And I know Brooke even learned some stuff. She um, realized that you did. You want to drop your knowledge? Yeah, I did. So I think um, there's a few things here that um, definitely strike me as not being someone that's gone through this. So I've never really thought about it. Um, You know, I've always heard of friends or, you know, had friends or heard of people going through this and definitely, you know, try to be there as best as I can be. Um, but what I didn't really realize is I always thought about infertility as people who are trying to get pregnant and can't, and I really didn't think about it from the standpoint of people who are getting pregnant and aren't able to carry. And um, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just a little bit. Why does the word fertile topic. means you can you can be fertilized, like to get really yeah. basic with the word. So infertile, you would assume that they can't fertilize the egg like they can't create the baby so of course you're thinking oh well they just can't get pregnant they're infertile when really it's such a wide range it's it 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 means more of like you can't take a baby not even full term but make a baby into the world right really right being is what they consider infertility which is shocking because um you know I've I think I knew that but I didn't think about it really like oh wow you know like even someone who might have a later term miscarriage which you know unfortunately I know someone that's had that happen um, you know they could if that keeps continuing that could be considered that as well which is crazy because you could carry it to a certain amount of weeks and then you know miscarry so um, you know second trimester stuff I mean so it's just interesting um, and a good reminder too to just know that there's you know so many different nuances to this um, and just understanding like everyone's story is so unique to every but really another thing that was super common was PCOS um mm-hmm. polycystic ovarian syndrome it sounds like a lot of the women we've spoken to actually had that um and you know that's just becoming more and more aware as well and I know we had a blog um a couple weeks ago from shut the fig up which is really helpful about her journey and how she really healed herself through nutrition so um, we definitely learned a lot, and there's a lot that we're not going to share. Um, Ashley was so amazing to just be really, really open about her journey, and we're going to um, get to that episode. Yeah, so without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. I love when you say that. It's so fancy. Oh, I know. I'm so official. Okay, let's start. <laughs> One show. of your good The show's up. beginning. Okay, here we are with Ashley Garrett. So excited because this is my first friend on, we've had a lot of Heather friends, but this is my first friend as a guest. Yeah, Ashley, we're so (laughs) excited to have you. Thank you. Thank you, yes, for joining us, Ashley. And this is a topic that I think is, you know, near and dear to so many women's hearts and experiences, and um, it's not always talked about, and we are, like, so fortunate that you um, have wanted to come on the podcast and share with us, and you're actually one of the first people to reach out, so, um, you know, we just have to say thank you for that. Of course, anytime. I love to always put my hat in the ring to just be very open and talk about it. 
Well, and any time Ashley gets an opportunity to perform, she'll do that. <laughs> so <laughs> here's your performance. <laughs> Take the stage and go. Oh, my gosh, I love it. But before we get into it, um, just to give you guys, those listeners who don't know um, the background, Ashley, Heather, and I actually all worked together at um, our first, well, it's actually my first job, not your guys' first job. But we it was actually my first together. job, too. It was straight out of college. Oh, shoot, girl. Okay. Yeah, not it was Ashley. my first. Got my start. Oh, you little youngins, little youngins. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just took like eight years to graduate college, Ash. That's all it was. (laughs) (laughs) Did the delayed approach. (laughs) I loved it, too. I remember you coming in for your interview, and you walked like around. You had like the cutest outfit on, and you had like curled blonde hair, and we had just had someone in like the position you were filling that was, God bless, I shouldn't probably even say this, on the airwaves. She was (laughs) so we were so excited. (laughs) I remember seeing you. I'm like, oh, my God, she's cute. Like, she can sit with us. And then I wore a full BB suit to yes. a business casual or a casual startup. So I did stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> <laughs> you adjusted But I thought very you were fast. cute. Yeah. Oh, I totally remember. I'm like, she's adorable. Uh, she's totally. a very best friend. What are we going to do? Like, I totally remember thinking <laughs> that we were so excited to have, like, a new friend in town. <laughs> yeah, Totally. Well, and then the best part was so later Ashley and I went on to um, our first thing into hanging out outside of the office. We did a lot of office stuff together, but we went to Stagecoach with six other girls. I drove the RV out to Indio, California, um, and that's you how we drove got the RV. Yes. Oh my going god! There it. needs to be like video somewhere, and we have to post that. That's amazing. That's so intense. I do have pictures. Also, oh my God, like I'm really putting yourself out there to, like, make friends. It's like, let's me put me in my craziest situation. Let's put a seat. We just want to see everything about you, like, in one weekend <laughs> with a lot of alcohol, fun, everything. Let's do it. Thing. Yes. Oh, my God. Seriously. Stagecoach, you do see, like, every side of somebody. They start up <laughs> totally, like prim and proper and normal before the first day of drinking starts. Then it's like booze city. And then you go into night thinking you're still a person, but you're actually just a drunk fool. And then like (laughs) hangover starts and then you like recuperate and start over. And it's like, did you make it through that full circle? Okay, we're good. We're best friends. Bye. (laughs) Yes. That's exactly you. I just love that because that's exactly the experience we went through. And then because we got through that together, we were like, okay, we can be roommates. Like we did three, I think we were three nights in stage pitch because we went early that was like back in the days when it was like way better like you could get a spot you could rent an rv like it just was so different then yeah you you didn't need like rv passes to get in Uh, but i love that stagecoach is like the roomy stamp of approval if you can survive three nights wasted in the dirt then you can live together (laughs) totally (laughs) that's the test totally that's why so many yeah. relationships and roommates fail. They don't go to stagecoach first. Right. Oh, no. It's a trial. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. Love it. So that was like the start of our relationship. And we've been through a ton. I mean, we worked together for so many years. We were in a company that was so close. We were all like family. Um, and then we lived together and um, went through like I was dating John at the time then got engaged. I was living with them when I got engaged, and Ashley met George, her husband, Neil. So, like, we've been through so many, like, moments together that 
I think this is, you know, just another way of kind of sharing that we've never shared publicly <laughs> together, that this is discussions that we would have as friends, too. So um, thank you for joining us. Heather and Ashley have a little bit of a, you know, kind of similar story. They both got married in Italy and OC. These bitches had two weddings each. <laughs> but I don't know if you guys have about it. It's like the thing to do. I mean, you just, you go out of the country, you get married in Italy, and you come back and have it in OC. I mean, that's just like, that's it. That's the new trend, right? Right. I mean, like, one <laughs> wedding is so 2016. Like, it's all about the multiple weddings, you know, intercontinental. You just really got to take it abroad and then bring it back yeah. home. <laughs> I know. I know. I love, okay. So, true question real quick, Ash. Did you... You got married in Italy first and then came back and did your OC wedding, correct? Or how, how was it for you? Correct. Yeah, we did Rome first and then we did the uh, United States. But the United States only recognizes the United States one. Right. So would you, because I have a very, like, hindsight opinion on this, but would you have done both of them again in hindsight? Well, and I'm <laughs> sure... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can't recommend this. any of my Italian relatives to do this. Um, I would say that I love my and my new in-law family, but um, I also was open to a courthouse wedding in San Francisco and a really nice dinner, or we were going to do a surprise wedding just in Orange County. It was going to be an engagement party, um, but certain members would get sad at the thought of them not being able to experience an Italy wedding or a California wedding. So it was right. more to kind of appease people. I'm right but. there with you. I feel you. Cause, and I know you're, like, being so, like, <laughs> diplomatic right now, which is the cutest thing. Um, and if people are tuning in from Italy, yay us, because we just went international, so thank you. Yeah, we're going um, <laughs> Boom, it done, accomplished. <laughs> Episode 17, it happened, or 16. I forget which one we're on. Um, but I actually feel like, I did the same thing, but I had the Orange County wedding. Um, while I'm Italian, I unfortunately don't know any of my family there. Um, <laughs> but I went to Italy, um, and it was the most amazing experience. And I came back and had this reception in Orange County because, um, you know, a good part of my family couldn't make it. It was definitely a harder trip, but it was like a dream to get married in Italy. And I look back, and I'm like, I could have just done Italy. It was the most perfect, beautiful, intimate, kind of like what you're talking about, like a surprise wedding or something small at the courthouse with a dinner. That's what it felt like. It was just so small and like memorable that I didn't really need the like pomp and circumstance of the reception here. Um, so I was curious. I'm like, I wonder how she feels about it. Because two, was, I look back, I'm like, two is ridiculous. We did not need two weddings. <laughs> Who do we think we were? I had too much time on my hands, so the the California one really kind of grew. They were so different. And I also did wedding planning, and there was a florist for a while. And so the biggest part for me for Italy was I couldn't control anything because everything was in Italian. Mm. You know, when we found the venue, the caters, everything, it was like a handshake. And I was like, do you want to write this down? Like, do you want me to sign a contract? No. Good. (laughs) Bona, bona. And I was like, what? Um, Like, (laughs) a deposit? And they're like, no, 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 we remember. And, like, oh, my God. no money, no contract signed. And everyone's just like, I remember, this is when you're getting married. Yeah, we'll be there. And everything turned out. I was like, we could have a wedding today or we could just be, you know, 
have an awkward reception where we show up at a restaurant. Like, we don't know. <laughs> and it all that came is out. And it was so like, the international experience. <laughs> they're so calm. Everything's like, yeah, yeah. sure. You know, I, we went I to a flower shop, this. and they're like, this is what you do. Like, eh, it's fine. We'll show up. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I well, love it. I was, I was working with a planner, and I basically had to wire her you know, the deposit and then wire her another huge chunk of cash and another huge chunk of cash. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, we're not going to we're not going to get this back. We could just be, like, paying this woman. And it was a recommendation, but still I was like, we might show up and be in a shack. And we had, like, you know, we were all staying in a house together. We basically, like, rented a villa for our for the guests and um you know and it was partial their money like we covered the wedding night and the night before and they covered the rest of the time we were staying there so also I'm like sending other people's money and like I'm just like I was having the most anxiety we're driving up in like a thunderstorm and I'm like this is for sure a bad sign like I'm showing up to a complete pile of dirt and it was the most perfect exactly like the photos property and everything was absolutely amazing but I totally know what you're talking about with like it was just like, yeah, sounds good. I sent like a few photos and I had no idea what I was showing up to as far as what it was going to look like. We hadn't had like a, you know, like a mock-up table photo or anything. I just was kind of like, I pray to God she follows what I've said and then makes it come to life because <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I mean, Nice is a most amazing woman and I highly, highly recommend her, but it's terrifying when you're working internationally. You don't you know what you're getting into until you get there. I know. I just really had to give up a lot of trust. But it was a good exercise yeah. in being a team member with my husband because he had to translate yeah. everything for me. And so, yeah, it was. But, yeah, I don't know if I would not do the California one again just because I have FOMO. And, unfortunately, <laughs> just because of timing and stuff, I wasn't able to get – I had one friend go. And so it would have been fun to have maybe either I really talked to more friends into going to Italy or vice versa, you know. I did not know. Yeah. Listeners are wondering. <laughs> I was a OC one there. I was there. You were. You were. <laughs> okay. So now that everybody gets our back history, um, let's get into the meat of this podcast and I think what something Heather and I was just so curious and, like, touched about is that, again, I said you were, like, one of the first ones that have reached out to us to want to talk openly about your um, personal experiences and especially with um, infertility. So I think we were curious, like, what prompted you really to kind of want to share about this publicly um, and come on our podcast? Well, one of the reasons why I try to be very open about it is because while I go through it, um, I have kind of different forums that I like to go on and, and talk with people, but there isn't too many, and I'm so glad I don't have that many close friends that are in the same boat as me, um, mm-hmm. because it is something I don't wish on someone, so it's I'm happy to be alone in it, but if there's someone that I can just talk to and then maybe, you know, they had been kind of holding it inside and keeping it to themselves. Like, I'd rather someone have someone to talk to and not feel so alone in it because one of the biggest things besides that, you know, it can be disappointing month after month and, you know, always wondering if it's positive. If it's, if it's positive, if you're going to keep it. You know, like all these things, like if it's going to, you know, stick and all these terms that, and you have to learn so much about what's involved in it it can just be daunting and it can be really alienating because you could be super close with your husband, but at the end of the day, it's not happening to his body 
And so it's really hard to get them to fully understand and comprehend what you're going through and not just listen and be sympathetic, you know. So it's really more just to, like, shout it out in case anyone hears it and then they don't feel so alone. And I've always been an open book about everything. Um, So I just, you know, it's not in me to keep anything (laughs) to myself. I love that. Why I love that. Oh. (laughs) No, go, Heather, you go. (laughs) No, I think we're both obviously feeling the same. I I love that. I love that, you know, you're willing to open up and share your story to hopefully connect with someone um, and help them through that that journey as well because um, I I can imagine it can be lonely, and you're so right. It's happening to you, and no matter the most sensitive, in-tune man, there's still just things you're going to feel that aren't going to be relatable. Um, And so I just think that's really special that you're willing to do that. And I think there are going to be listeners out there um, that are going to relate to what you're saying and it's going to offer them a piece of comfort or maybe wanting to open up themselves. So, you know, just want to say thank you that because this is kind of our first like deep topic. um, And I'm just, I'm so excited to have you be the one speaking about it just with your personality and how, like you said, open book you are. I think it's going to be really great for everyone that's listening. Yeah, and like above all, too, I mean, I'm always here if anyone's listening and they ever want to contact me, they're more than welcome. But then also there's there are some really good places to go, kind of depending on, like, the crowd you're looking for. So I do always encourage people to seek kind of like the forums in the active. Like Reddit is a great one. Reddit actually has fantastic, uh, we call them TFAB, trying for a baby, uh, or TTC, trying to conceive a forum. So I'm very active in those. It really has like kind of really given me a little bit of ground in finding friendships. And, you know, I've found like one-off people that are in like almost the same scenarios and we really have been rooting for each other. So it's been really great. There's a couple Facebook groups as well. Um, But then just try to find that community and then so people can find that connection. It really can kind of ease that struggle because no matter what, there are ups and downs for it. And trying to conceive can be just a long struggle. It's just daunting because it's, it's not something that you could solve in a day. And you could feel that when you, you get that negative test or you do have like an early loss while you're trying to conceive, it just can feel like it's so much time until the next, what I call, window of opportunity. And so it can just really get you down. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I think it would be um, helpful because I know there's like different forums and I'm sure you, not forums, but different ways that people struggle with infertility. And I think, um, you know, just from hearing from other friends, it's similar to even pregnancy where people go through so many different experiences. So can you kind of give us a little bit like a background of um, your experience, kind of like your type of, and I don't even know if that's the way to say it, but like of infertility, kind of what your um, journey has been. Yeah. So right now um, I am, so we'll just say like what the doctors would write if they were to say, oh, here comes Ashley, she has an appointment. Um, I have recurrent loss. I have three early losses. So any loss under 12 weeks um, is called recurrent loss. Um, And then I have been trying for over almost two years now. And then I um, am also 35, so I'm geriatric. Um, so, I, I, I love so that typically. 35 is geriatric. You're like, thanks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I also am up in the Bay Area where um, they also don't like to use that term until 37. 
because Ooh. of the Bay Area, people are trying later, so they are more pro, like, you're fine. Um, Orange County's like, what, you're 30? Where's your baby, you know? Yeah. And so with that, there's, like, a couple parameters uh, that put you into a couple different groups. The first one is anyone who has been trying under six months, they consider that normal. They still can even consider a year normal if you are – um, in your 30s, they say a year. It takes about a year, six months to a year, to conceive. So anything before that, I would say it's pretty difficult to get a doctor to look more into. Um, then once you do hit the year mark, you can start to schedule like appointments with your OBs, um, the other uh, endocrinologist, or I don't know, REs or whatever they are called. I haven't gone that level yet, um, but then they have all these kind of like resources that kind of start to open up after a year or after three losses. Um, they consider two, not a coincidence, not a trend, and then three begins a trend. Got it. Okay. So then what, so in your, like you were saying, you've had three early losses. What are they saying like next um, as like part of your process? Or what are you guys personally kind of, you and George, talking about like what's right for you guys? I can't even imagine. I'm sure this has been like such a hard time, and um, not only on you, but you guys together. So like what are you guys kind of looking at as um, the next phase of your journey? So with mine, um, I'm not really had to work on advocating for myself. So my first loss was over a year ago in January. Um, I was at nine weeks and I had an ectopic pregnancy. So that's a pregnancy in your fallopian tube. So that one is a successful pregnancy. It just didn't make it all the way down to the uterus. And unfortunately, those ones are not viable for life. Um, it would burst through the tube. Luckily, we caught it in the emergency room in time, and we were able to um, get it out before it caused any permanent damage. Um, so that one, we don't really know if it had made it to the uterus, if that one would have been an early loss or if it would have made it to term. Then the uh, more recent ones, were considered, one was at six weeks, so that would just be considered an early miscarriage. Um, you know, it could be your body just looking at it going, nope, this one's a, that's not a good chromosomal baby. Nope. And your body says no, and it flushes it out. And then the other one was at five weeks. That would be called a chemical pregnancy. So that is also your body has started the um, pregnancy hormone process, but again, it doesn't seem to like the baby, so it's not going to have it attached to your uterine wall. So with those, because they are kind of different, the doctors also kind of think, maybe this is three different, you know, miscarriages, so we're not sure it's totally recurrent. But with me, I also have very irregular periods, so we are now going through the testing of PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, and um, seeing kind of like if that is something regulating my cycles, um, progesterone monitoring is something we are actively doing right now. So I go in on certain days of my cycle and get blood drawn to have that. Um, and then other than that, and this was kind of what we met with last month, it was a little bit more bold than I thought. I went in to just say, like, what's our next steps? And for me, they have recommended to do IVF, which I'm not sure if I want to do yet. Um, because... Um, Early losses mean that you could be just, I always say, I make bad babies. I can make them, but they're bad. Um, so my body is looking at them, and my body is saying no um, mm. for some reason, chromosomally. So with IVF, you can get a ton of eggs, 
you know, fertilize them in uh, a petri dish, and then you can take a look at them, and you can only, you could put back in only the normal ones to see if then maybe your body would actually hold on to those ones. So that's mm-hmm. what we're mulling over right now. In an ideal world, it's just a progesterone issue, and we don't need to do that, but we kind of have to have a little bit, we have to have one more round of an early success, at least. Got it. So, I mean, it's definitely interesting, too. Um, you know, your, your scenarios, like you said, they've all been different types of losses. Um, what do you kind of, I'm wondering, I'm sure there's a lot of women that experience different things, but, like, what did you kind of learn going through this process that you can share with other women that might be in, like, a similar situation or, like, what um, has kind of helped you through understanding or just, you know, getting through kind of the emotions and stuff of, you know, processing, okay, well, this one is that, this one is this. Like, um, what have been kind of some of those support things that have really worked for you? Um, one of the biggest things is just kind of trying to not get buy into too much and not hold off on things. And as much as I hate when anyone ever says, oh, relax, it'll happen, trying to do things that I still want to do and not say, you know, oh, I shouldn't do this. What if I'm pregnant? So one of the things uh, on the trying for a baby thing that someone said one day that I just love is buy the jeans. So when you're trying for a baby, people don't realize this, but we all do this thing where we go shopping and you look at like a nice pair of jeans, which aren't cheap these days, and you go, oh, these are so cute, but I shouldn't buy them because you know I'm going to buy them and I'm going to get pregnant and then I wouldn't be able to fit into them. So you don't buy them and you don't buy them and you don't buy them. Uh, So I still do things that I'm just not holding off for. I'm still embracing my life. I'm going to have the cocktail. I'm buying the jeans. I'm eating what I want. I'm doing, I'm living my life and I'm trying to still be regular about that. And I'm trying to not over plan um, and that kind of balances, and it kind of lowers my expectations just a little bit so that if it does happen, you know, it's more of a surprise, and I will figure I'll cross those bridges when I get there. I'll return the jeans, or I'll keep them as a goal for when I have the baby and want to lose weight, you know. Things like that, I'm using it more as, like, a potential jinxing myself, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah are just, like, things I, I try to do to kind of, like, ma- you know, maintain that expectation. Then, also, I've just kind of reduced my goals also. Like, right now, my only goal is I want to see a baby on the sonogram. That's all I'm trying to do right now. Mm-hmm. I will get to a 12-week check. That will be my next step. But right now, I want to see a baby on a sonogram. I know I can make, I can get a positive pregnancy test. That I can do. Pretty good at that but now I want to see a baby on a sonogram. So I'm just trying to kind of create new goals so that I'm just managing, you know, something that maybe I can control a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That, that like, brings just, like, tears to my eyes when you're saying that. Like, that is something that I think a lot of women take for granted. Sorry. <laughs> that was, like, just so sweet how you put it. was, like, yeah. You, you're really scaling back to not put so much pressure on yourself, too, is what it sounds like, by saying, like, buy the jeans or have the cocktail. Like, you're, you're not then just, like, walking on eggshells, and then on top of that, you're like, I just want to get to this point. And 
I think that's such a great a great way to be looking at it, and I think it's got to be so hard no matter what in the circumstances. Um, but I think that's just an amazing way to kind of put it all together in reality for, you know, some of the women who haven't had to face some of these experiences that you, you and other women have gone through. I think it's just a great way to put that in perspective. Um, so on the same kind of lines of support, I'm sure you've had a ton of friends and family reaching out, even strangers, I'm sure. What are some of the things that have helped you? Because I think some of us in positions when we hear of a loss, um, we want to help, but we don't know what to do. And what's the right thing to say? What's the wrong thing to say? We want to be supportive, but we don't want to be overbearing. And we all think of these things. But what has really helped you with your family and friends and your support system? Um, I Yeah, I've been very, very lucky with friends, and I've had very supportive friends. Um, it's kind of hard to say. Each time I've, I still will tell people just because I think it's, again, I've just always maintained this policy of like an open book. Um, I would say the second time was really tough for me because um, the second one was over Thanksgiving. And then I flew straight into work. So, you know, I'm, I just got to hit the ground running and I got to fake it till I make it at work. Uh, my job is very high demand and there's just no really time for, you know, so it kind of worked to be able to, like, put it aside and not bring my issues into work and really to have, like, a mind break, to be honest. Um, and so the the second one was a little tough in that because we were entering the holidays and there are all these fun pregnancy announcements around Christmas and New Year's, um, I did, I, take, I took a little social media break and I just let my friends know that you know, I'm happy to text, but that I may not be so responsive. And I also kind of did take a, a phone break from, from people because sometimes it did, it was kind of hard to talk about on the phone just because, you know, everyone always means so well. And I, you can tell yourself a million times, they mean well, they mean well, they mean well of it happens for a reason. It'll happen. You know, everyone just wants to solve the issue. And I love that. But you know, just like when your heart is broken from a breakup, when you you know you don't get the job, when you don't get this, when you, anytime you have disappointment, it's so hard for you to remove yourself from the situation and go, you're right. There's a reason this happened. This, and so that one's just tough. So that one for me, I just said, I you know I just need to take a break from from hearing it, you know. And I think just listening to your emotions, but allowing yourself some sort of outlet you know, something that you can do to make sure you still are not closing yourself up is good. Um, my husband is very, very good about this one around the holidays, too, of just being very nice and, you know, like, especially with his family, we went to Italy for Christmas, and just telling them beforehand of, like, you know, like, let's not ask her, or when are you guys going to have a, a baby, you know, and, like, doing that was just really nice um, so that, you know, you don't have to deal with that, because, it does happen quite frequently where I work. People, you know, don't know me so well, so they do that joking. And honestly, it's a little bit of karma because I was that lady. I was the, when are you going to have a baby, lady? And so it's a, it's a little bit now like my own medicine and like, wow, gosh, I thought I was being caring and like showing that I really was involved in the life. But, um, yeah, it's a it's a a tough one and sometimes I accidentally, you know, make awkward comments like, Oh, I make bad babies, you know, like and then people 
stare at me. And so I I made sure, you know, to like kind of self-love and just find some sort of outlet, you know, some sort of activity, get a massage, do something, you know. Yeah, and, and that makes you think too, you know, every single person is so different on how they're going to cope with it. Um, and as a friend, just, you know, listening to what you were saying, it's like, just ask, like, hey, what can I do for you? What what will help? You know, what isn't helpful? Do you want to talk about it? Do you not? Like, knowing where they are sounds like what I'm, you know, hearing from you is, is the best thing to do because you can support in whatever way that is. It's like, yeah, I, I really don't want to talk about it for the next few months. Okay, cool. It's off limits. Let's be normal. If they're like, no, I need to have a weekend away and really, you know, do X, Y, Z. Cool. Let's do that. Like you can kind of tune into what will work for them in the moment and it may shift, but um, it sounds like, you know, that's kind of the best way is to really like have that, let your friend know you're there and then let them dictate what they need from you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and I love gosh. that. We talked, we talked about another episode of like, um, I forget which one it was, but talked about kind of like those questions. And it's such a good point that you bring up because you never know where someone is in life. Like, I feel like the minute you get engaged, it's when are you getting married? The minute you get married, it's when are you having a baby? The minute you have a baby, it's like, when's the next one? And there's women out there that had their first pregnancy completely fine. And their second one, you know, isn't going so well. And everyone just thinks, oh, well, they had one, they can have another. And so it's like, really remembering you don't know everything about everyone's life and why the next step hasn't happened in like this stereotype of what our timeline is, um, is really just such good advice and such a good reminder because those questions can seem like you said, totally supportive and like, Hey, I want to know more about your life or I'm so, you know, like happy for you. What's next. And it really could drum up some different emotions that you don't even know are going on. Absolutely. Well, thank you well, so much. I mean, shoot, we, like, you were the sweetest A to have come on and, you know, open up um, about your experience, but also you were on your lunch break and <laughs> in your car, and so sweet to take this time with us, so we don't want to take too much of your time, but is there anything else, like, you, you know, going into this conversation that you're like, oh, I really want to get this across, and I want the audience to hear this, is there anything you wanted to share that we haven't, like, talked about? I would say the biggest thing and one of the reasons why I was so excited when you guys uh, announced you were doing these podcasts, I thought they were wonderful, is bridging that gap between before you have a kid and when you have a kid and making those connections. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that becomes palpable when you and noticeable when you are trying and you don't have a kid yet is that it seems that everyone kind of starts to go into the groups of we have kids. Mm-hmm and we don't have kids, and knowing that even if we are trying and struggling, we still like to be part of the lives of people who do have kids. We still like to be a part of people who are single and maybe thinking about kids one day. Like, that is the thing I would say we can all as, like, you know, at every stage of life be cognizant of is, you know, we don't need to leave people out either. It never hurts to, you know, ask and still invite them. Uh, and just be a part and still communicate, you know. But um, I think we all do put ourselves into these brackets of, like, where we are in life, you know. Like, oh, well, I'm at this stage, so I should be, you know, hanging out with these people. It's not true. We can all, like, you know, hang out with people at very different stages of life. And so um, that's why I thought it would be good for us to um, 
You have to be okay because you guys have kids, and so it's nice that we all still get along just the same, yeah. you know. I, I love the way that that just wrapped up, and um, like we've said in the beginning, you know, Ashley, I thank you so much for sharing your story and um, just being an open book with us. And, you know, if anyone wants to connect with you, we can, you know, put your Insta handle or something um, in our notes. And we'll also get some forum recommendations from you um, that we can put in our notes as well in case anyone's listening and wants to, you know, connect in some of those spaces as well. Yeah. Yay. Thanks, Ash. I will call you later, girl. (laughs) All right. Thank you, ladies. thank you for joining a space for soul if you like what you heard don't forget to hit the subscribe button we'll, we'll love you forever for more information on today's topics the notes from this episode can be found on our website soulspace.co forward slash podcast that's soulspace s-o-l-s-p-a-c-e dot co forward slash podcast You can also find us on Instagram at soulspace.co. Catch us next week at the same place, same time. And as always, feel free to tell a friend. Toodles. Toodles!